Alright, Rabotai. Rabotai, the day is short, the time is short. I'm joking. I don't want to say about that. Sunset is at 30. You got nothing to do. You got to move. That's the way we start the class. Yes, the time is short. And, uh, I have no custom. He came last week, he enjoyed it. Rabotai, we're learning Parashat Chukat. Not an easy parashah, no matter how you split this parashah, no part of it is easy. Not the beginning, not the middle, not the end. <clears throat> so it's not like we can choose, you know, some part that'll be more, uh, you know, pal- palatable to the customer. That's the, that's the nature of the parashah. So we might as well start from the beginning, which is always a good place to start from. So the uh, Torah introduces to us a, uh, a type of law that's called the Hok. And the Hok is a law that definitely has understanding to it. I mean, Hashem would not give a law unless there was a, an understanding, but it's just too deep for us to comprehend it. So it's beyond human comprehension, although... It must be comprehensible on a level, you know, God's level, he understands it, obviously. Where God sits, everything is understood. Uh, it's a hokli Israel, but it's a mishpat elohe Yaakov. To God, everything is a mishpat. <clears throat> and the law of paraduma is a classic hok in the sense that, I mean, on the, in the simplest level, it's a hok because it's contradictory in its, uh, in its function. Normally a bar of soap cleans. Now if you have a, a warning on the bar of soap that says, you know, warning, this bar of soap might also uh, soil the user. How can a bar of soap clean one person and soil another person? That's paraduma. It purifies the one that's tameh and the one that deals with it and it prepares it, he becomes tameh. So it has a contradictory... Uh, you know, uh, function. <clears throat> so that's a hok. You know, how, how does that happen? Okay, that, that's a simple way of understanding the hok of paraduma. And even Shilamu Melech, to a certain degree, said, even though I have great wisdom, but it is beyond me. Fine, that's the, the simple way. But I saw this week, uh, based on Rashi, Rashi says, the Satan and the Goyim, Moni, Moni means they, uh, they, they, uh, um, they taunt us. They taunt us. That means they come along and they try to, you know, agonize us with their words. Monim melashon onaah. Monim it Israel. Not count. They verbally abuse us. Lomar, ma mitzvah zot? What is this mitzvah? Uma ta'am yeshba. And what's the reason? Lefichach katab ha-chukas. So the Torah says, hey, this is a chok. Gezerai melefanai. It's a gezerah. Ve'en nechah reshut, l'arer ahareha. So I was coming to say that when paraduma enters the, uh, the realm, the goyim come after us. And the Goyim say, ah, it's a business over here. Mata'am yeshpa. 
And obviously we can't answer because we don't know the reason. So God says, hey, you answer them, this is a whole, Hashem told us to do it, gazarti, then the karachut so I saw a, a novel explanation of how to learn over here what the Chok Para Aduma is. Which is definitely worth uh, our consideration this morning. <clears throat> Seemingly Para Aduma is not a Chok at all. Because if anybody reads the Rashi on the Perasha, you don't have to read the Kabbalah, you just read the Rashi on the Perasha, after that, she gives us his whole interpretation. At the end of the whole story, he says, and now I want to introduce to you what Rabbi Moshe the Darshan says. Now, what does the Moshe Darshan say? He says that para aduma actually is coming as kapara again. Let the mother come clean up the mess of the child. The child is the calf. The mother of the calf is what? The cow. And then the, she goes on word by word to show how the bringing and the uh, ceremony of Paraduma is an atonement for Haitaigan. And guess what? That is the best reason. So we, we, we're, we're, we're at a loss over here. That's not a hawk at all. Which means, I can't, by the way, I don't have a good enough reason for shatnes like I have for Paraduma. I don't have a good enough reason for milk and meat like I have a aduma. If somebody would come and ask me, I could explain this to a two-year-old. Two-year-old, you know what a calf is? Yes. You know what the mother of the calf is? Yes, a cow. Very simple. You know we made an avon with the, with, the, with the calf? Yeah, let the mother come and fix the calf. It's easy. It's, by the way, once that she brings me this hidush that para aduma is kaparaf ita egel, you took away the whole uh, mystery. You took away the whole enigma of it. Paraduma then becomes something that is quite rational. Mm-hmm. So where, where's the hawk? You understand the question of what's going on? That's the question. <coughs> Why is it so rare? But no, you're asking a different question. <laughs> no, no, I do to ask questions. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my question. I'm, I'm, I'm the moderator, thank you. The class. So now... It's a really big question. <clears throat> but by the way, I have no, I'm happy that she said this, by the way. I'll tell you why I'm happy. Because it answers me another question that I had. Rashi in the Perashah has a question. Why does the Torah juxtapose the Perashah of Paraduma to the death of Miriam? Right after Paraduma, it says the Jewish people were in Kadesh. And in Kadesh, Miriam died. So that she wants to know, what's the connection? Now, I don't know what she's asking. What do you mean, what's the connection? Because para aduma happened first, and then Miriam died. Because it happened in chronological order. So therefore, it's like you're asking a question. Why does the number one come before the number two? Or why is the number two close to the number one? <laughs> because it comes after the number one. <laughs> what she's asking? And from the fact that she's asking, that means it naturally should not have been next to each other. So therefore he's asking, but why is it? Whenever she asks that question, why is this next to this? That means the assumption is they shouldn't be next to each other. So that she's going out of his way to say, so why is it next to each other? Now, I think the explanation why he's asking is because, and you might miss this if, if, if it's not pointed out. Para Aduma takes place in the second year 
when the Jewish people come out of Mitzrayim. It's year two. The death of Miriam is in year 40. So from one pursuit to the next, we just fast forward the movie 38 years. You think the next day, the Paradema was Tuesday, and then what? Wednesday, Miriam died. No, fast forward thirty-eight years later, in year forty, Miriam dies, which is wow! Holy cow! What happened? Holy cow! No pun intended. Which means, which means, what happened during the thirty-eight years? What happened during the thirty-eight years? Well, our rabbis always told us the Torah is not a storybook, just a chronicle event. I'm sure stuff happened during those thirty-eight years but not significant enough to, to, to chronicle it, at least in the, in the homash. We only give you significant events. Okay, so then, now I understand what that she's asking. If para'aduma happened in the second year when they constructed the Mishkan, why did the Torah wait to write about para'aduma in parashat hukat? It should have written para'aduma in parashat teruma in tetzaveh when they were building the Mishkan. Oh, so why did it wait to put Parashat para all the way so it can juxtapose it to Miriam's death? It's asking on para. It's not that Miriam's death is out of order. Para Aduma is out of order. If the Torah wanted to write para Aduma chronologically, when you're building the Mishkan, tell me, Anan. Guess what? That was the day they inaugurated. Tell me. They inaugurated. Next day, that would fit very good. To not put a delay on letting me know about Paraduma because it obviously wanted to connect it to the death of Miriam. Beautiful. So that she says, you know what the connection is? Just like the death of Miriam, which is the death of the tzaddiket, is mechaper, it's an atonement. Af Paraduma mechaper. So to Paraduma is. Which means, if a tzaddik passes away, it's a kapara for the generation. Not a kapara for them. They don't need kapara. The death of the tzaddik is mechaper for the people. So too, paraduma is mechaper for the people. So I had a simple question. Paraduma is a mechaper. Paraduma is not a mechaper. A korban is a mechaper. Korban hatat is mechaper. Paraduma is a soap. If a person becomes tamer, so paraduma purifies you. I mean, when a person, is it a sin to become Tamer? It's not. Unless you're a Kohen. If you're not a Kohen, it's not a sin to go to a funeral. It's a mitzvah to go to a funeral. It's not a sin to go to a cemetery. It's a mitzvah. So therefore, there's no sin that was committed that paraduma is coming to be mechaper seemingly. It's if a person became Tamer, you gotta go through the process. So what is that she's saying? It's not. Now, I know what you're going to tell me. <coughs> but Rabbi, it says, no, leave my shonara. It says over here, <coughs> it says over here, by para aduma, that, uh, now, yitchata, if you don't know Hebrew properly, sounds like yitchata, there was a sin, and on the seventh day, so that she said, which means the tum'ah will be swept away. does not mean sin over here. meaning the tum'ah will go away. It'll be released. 
So they, it's not a kapara. But based on the Bimoshea Darshan that says that the egg, that the para is kapara for the egel, now I understand what that means. Ma para mechaper. Where's the kapara of para? In haita egel. So there is an element of kapara in haita egel. And that's what she must mean when he says that the mita of Miriam and paradum have something in common. Okay, but my question then is, so it's not a hook. So it's not a hook. Not a hook. What happened to you today? Wait, 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 When was para aduma offered to us for the first time? When, when did we get para aduma? Now, we didn't get it in Parashat Hukat. The first time we have any mention of it is actually Rashi in Parashat Meshalah. Rashi in Parashat Meshalah gave us a, 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 an insight when the Jewish people came to the place called Mara. What's Mara? Bitter land. In bitter land, uh, the waters were over there. Bitter, they couldn't drink water. And it says over there in Mara, Sham, Sam, Lo, Chok. Over there, God taught us a Chok. And she says, Hell, what Chok did he teach us? And she says, Paraduma, the Chok. The Chok. That means Paraduma was given to us where? In Mara. Hold it. In Mara, we didn't do the Egel yet. Uh-oh. Here we go. In Mara, we didn't do the Heta Egel yet. So how could God give us a... Medicine. A medicine before the cross? And the answer is, because God knows what's going to happen. And now we have the big conundrum of the Rambam. The Rambam says, wait, if God knows what's going to happen, so that should take away our free will. Because if Borei knows that we're going to commit the sin, so that means we're going to commit the sin. So therefore, how do we have free will? How do you reconcile the free will of man with the knowledge of God? <laughs> Understand? Now, now you, and you know what Abam answers that? You can't. It's not humanly comprehensible to figure out how does God, Yidi'ah, knowing that we're going to do the sin, not affect the fact that I still have free will at the time to do what I want. What do you mean? When, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm presented with an Avon, God already knows he's going to commit the Avon. So it's predetermined. God knows it. No, no, his, his, his God doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me, so he doesn't know yet. No, he does know, and it doesn't affect you. Wow. That's, by the way, it, it, smoke will come out of your ears the more you start trying to figure out the answer to this question. That's what the mom says. Surrender to this question. You can't figure it out. So therefore, now we understand what the Rashi is telling us on a deeper level. What the Rashi is telling us that the Goyim are going to come along and say, What's the time? And you know what we're going to answer? It's kapara for the Egel. 
and they come on Kabbalah for the Egel, then you didn't have free will. How do you reconcile that God gave this mitzvah before the Egel? That's what the Goyim are going to come along and say. This Parah Aduma has a hook built into it, the famous hook of the stira between the Yidiyav Hashem and Bechirach of Sheet. And that's what the Goyim are going to come along and say. They're going to say, what's the reason? They know the reason. They know what we're going to answer. What do you mean? It's a hog. No. Tell us the reason. We're going to say, oh, it's Chet Ha'egel. Ah, now you put your foot in your mouth. Now you put your foot in your mouth. Because it was Chet Ha'egel. It was given in Mara. It was before the Chet. Ella, what? God knew you do the Egel. So where was your free will? And therefore we have to answer back. Shut up. You cannot ask after me. Meaning after me. My knowledge has no impact on Bechira. And if you don't understand it, there's a reason why you don't understand it, but that doesn't, uh, you have to accept. So the hook is in that, is in that element. So the not understanding is the quintessential hook. Yeah, that's not the not understanding of the mechanism of Para Aduma. Uh-huh. It's not understanding the reason. Once we know the reason, now it becomes a hook. Because once we know the reason is because Kapara Egel. But we know that this Mitzvah was given to us before Ha'egel. So God must have given us the, the Mitzvah, knowing that we're going to commit the sin. But wait, if He knows we're going to commit the sin, then we have no choice to commit the sin. No, it doesn't affect the free will. And the Greek come along and say, Ma'ta'am yeshba. If you're going to say the Ta'am is, is, is coming out for the Egel, what are you doing over here? The Moneas, they say, how do you reconcile it? And we say, You have no right to question that uh, that item, Ayin Shamanam. So that's a beautiful, it's a, it's a deeper way of understanding where the Chok of Paraduma lies. That's from the Ramban? No, no, that's not the Ramban. That's what I brought that in the Haroni. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful explanation. Now there's another issue that we have to uh, discuss before we get to the main, uh, the, main, uh, the main item of the day. These are things that we have to take care of just as uh, just a business, business as usual. Then we get to the, the main entree. There's an opinion that's brought down in Shuhan Aruch, and it's based on the Tosafot and Berachot, that the reading of Para Aduma from the Sefer Torah in Shul is a mitzvah de oraita. Not necessarily this week, but we have Shabbat, Shabbat Para. We have Shabbat Para. That's before Pesach. We take a Sefer Torah. It's one of the four parashiyot. We take out a Sefer Torah and we read Parashat Hukat. It's got its own, uh, its own item. And Tosafot says that it's a mitzvah <coughs> from the Torah itself, which is really kind of, kind of amazing. Uh, where in the Torah does it say, Zachor et para aduma? Now, I know it says, Zachor et asher asalecha amalek. That's why it's but Zachor is the oraita. Because it says in the Torah, I remember it. How do you remember it? You take the Sifra and read it. Now, if you could show me a pasuk in the Bible that says, Zachor et para aduma, then I'm all for it. There's no problem. The problem is, there's no pasuk like that. So the Mepharshim are struggling to understand where did Tosfot get this concept that you have to remember para aduma? It's a strong question. Again, Abraham in the Siman also asked this question on the Torah. What's the Mekor? Now, you want to tell me it's from the rabbis? No problem, from the rabbis. The rabbis can tell you to read anything. But where you see a Torah obligation for Paraduma, so the Malbim, mm. yeah, you got it or no? 
In the sefer called Arzot Hayim, he says, I'll tell you where. He says it's based on a pasuk in Parashat Ekev. What's the pasuk in Parashat Ekev? Perek Tet Pasuk Zayin. Going to Ekev now, which is in Devarim. So it's Tet Zayin. So it's 9 7. Now, it is my Bamesu Parasha. So I should know this pasuk quite well. Okay, Tet Zayin. Beauty. Zechor al Tishkah. What? Remember what you did that's what you did. So says the Arzot Hayim that we see over here that the Torah is telling you have a positive commandment to remember, not Paraduma. You have an obligation to remember Oh, so says the Rav. Once we say you have an obligation to remember, so we should read a special Shabbat called Shabbat Hayegel. And get up there and say, Rabotai, listen, you guys did terrible Avon, and we're going to read this parashah. So how come we don't have a parashah called Shabbat Ha'ekel? So he says, because it's a bizayon to B'nai Israel to get up in public and start to read that we were. Mishum kevodan shel Yisrael. You can't do such a thing. So what do we do instead? We go through what's called the back door. How do you go through the back door? You read Parashat Para. And what does Parashat Para remind you? Let the mother come and clean up the mess of the child. So really the Hayyub of Parashat Para is Minat Torah from Egil. <laughs> What's going on over there? Meaning, we really should have a Shabbat called Egil. But uh, you, you, you're going to come home from shul, your wife's going to ask you what they read in shul today, how we did the Egil. The ladies didn't do the Egil. Uh, you men, you all alike. He can't trust you. He can't trust you. You're going to go with your wife. You're unfaithful the first day that you didn't get married. Even you're unfaithful. You worship God. Ah, this is it. And the whole Shabbat's going to be Za'lan. Shabbat Hazon. So therefore, because he can't do that. He can't do that. But we have to do something. So when you come home and your wife says, what day? Para. She doesn't know the whole I do. Para. Okay, very nice. Red cow. Holy cow. But now, but it's really for that reason. It's really to get us to the to the high. Now that beam sounds very glad, very clean, very beautiful, until Hakam Yaakov Kamenetsky comes in over here. Allah Shalom. Be Yaakov Kamenetsky. In a sefer called Emet Yaakov. And he says, you know, with all the respect, with all the respect. I understand what the Malbim is saying. He wants to quote me over Parashat Ekev. Zechor al Tishkah to beauty. But I think the wires got crossed up over here because the Torah is not telling you to remember Egel in this Pasuk. Let's read again. Zechor al Tishkah. What? Et asher ba-midbar. What? Have you angered God in Midbar? Next Pasuk. Ub Horev. And also in Horev. That means Horev is a separate separate event. 
this zechor ve'al teshkach is not talking about the event of Choreb. That's in the next pasuk. Up Choreb hiksaftem ben Hashem. Separate. This pasuk must be talking about something else. So therefore, where you're getting from over here that the reason why you're reading para aduma is because of zechor ve'al teshkach, which is heta egel, says Hakam Kamenetsky. That's not heta egel. It's something else. It's something else, but it's not the Hetaegel. So he says, so what is it then? If it's not Hetaegel, you tend to remember something. What is the item? So he says, it's referring to what happened in the city called Mara. What happened in, uh, in Mara? Bitter waters. Bitter waters. We got to Mara. Beautiful. We got we pull into to bitter land. I don't know if it was called bitter land before we got there. Yeah. But we got there, it was called whatever it's called. And now the people need to drink water. They're thirsty. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being thirsty. And all of a sudden they come to the waters of Mara and they're bitter. They have a, a bad a bad taste. And now they start to complain. Would you bring us over here? We're gonna die. Our children, the animals, everybody, let's go back to Egypt. They, they unraveled very quickly. They attacked Moshe. What is over here? Give us a bit of water over here. What is back? It was there. Now, you're angering God. God just took out of Mitzrayim. He did all these miracles for you. What, what are you complaining? Hashem can do it. So, therefore, what happened in, in, in Mara, the Torah is telling you, it angered Hashem. <clears throat> Complained against God. And Rabbi Yaakov says, That's what God wants you to remember. I'm quoting, Let me read it. Don't think He said, Over here. He over here. If he's there, then Ed, he never be at the labor, Parashat Beshalah. She ikara. Alimud, one second, let's go about Pasha Bishallah so you can just see. Oh, so what happened? In Pasha Bishallah, Yaakov says, so Moshe says, you know what, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to take a stick. He took a stick. What type of stick did he take? Bitter a bitter stick. Bitter with bitter. A stick that should only make the water more bitter. And he took the bitter stick. And he dropped it in the water, and magic, what happened? Not magic. He made a mitzuk. Uh, uh, two negatives make a positive. That's what they say in math. But it doesn't work like that in, uh, in sweetening waters. Uh, two bitters make more bitter. more bitter. Two bitters doesn't make bitter sweet. Bitter makes bitter. Bitter does not make better. So therefore, what happens over here? B'nai Israel saw something amazing. That it doesn't go according to what you think. But Olam runs the world. And the same God that says, let the oil light, if he says, let the vinegar light, the vinegar will light also. Misha Amar, Lashemit Vyadik, Yomar Lahomit Vyadik. To God is there between vinegar and oil, it's the same thing. If God wills it, and therefore, what you think it's because it's the sweetness that sweetens the water? But Olam can take an opposite, he can take something. Bitter, and from the bitter it can become sweet. sweet. So therefore, you can't ask on, on God over there. He said, and that's a great lesson that they had to, because they came and said, how are we going to do this? There's nothing, there's only bitter trees around. How 
talking about Jesus. Somebody Allah get over here. It's all the will of God. Somebody Allah can make from bini can turn into sweet. That was a big lesson that they learned in Mara. And then right after that, Shamsam no hok. We get a law. And what's the law? Because what does the law of Parah teach us? The exact same thing. That you can take something that has the ability to metameh and it can make somebody tahor. It's exactly what you just saw. What you what gave us a mitzvah called Parah Aduma to remember what happened in Marah. In Marah we were taught that it doesn't always work like you think. Sweet will make sweet and bitter will make bitter. Sometimes bitter can make sweet. How does that happen? But Allah says, he can do whatever he wants. And whenever we do Parah Aduma, you know what you're remembering? You're remembering the event, Zechor Ba'al Tishkach Et Hashedek Saftem. At that time over there, when Borev did the same thing, he took something, that tree is Tameh, and it made the waters Tahor, which is exactly the Inyan of Paradama. So, Yaakov holds, there is a source in the Torah to read Paradama with the Oraita. It's from this person called Ba'al Tishkach. It's just not commemorating Cheta Egel, it's commemorating something else. The actual story of Mara, the beautiful... Beautiful job. He says, "Sheikana limud shel maaseh b'mara." The main limud of maaseh b'mara was what? Lehar ortanu kiretzon Hashem yitbarachu amamtik. What sweetens the water? God. The will of God, not the stick. There was some 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 scientist from Brooklyn College that wanted to come along and explain it the, from chemistry how the 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 the, the, the uh, what do you call it the uh, bitter stick. Of course, it has alkaline in it, and the alkaline mixes with the. Uh, you gave all put put over there, and you see all the the, the guys who love that type of stuff. Oh, you see, uh, try to explain the miracle. What do you explain the miracle? It's a miracle. You have to explain the miracle. If if it says that it happened naturally, then go take out the science books. But it says a ness. Why do you have to secularize a ness? It's like the same guys that come along and say, yeah, can I, I'm soup, you know, low tide, you know, low tide. <laughs> and, and it was the 15th of the month, by the way. And the 15th of the month it was supposed to be high tide, by the way. So what are you talking about? That's what it says happened on the 15th, well, actually happened on the 21st of the month. But still, it's not the low tide, by the way. Low tide is at the end of the month. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? So now he says over here, he says, He says, He says, He says, He says, Everything is from Hashem. That's the mitzvah that'll confirm this concept. It'll be embedded in the Levavot. You can't understand it. Just so you can't understand how bitter makes sweet, you can't understand everything. So therefore, that's the main lesson, that you can't understand how everything always works. Don't try to be a scientist. To put, 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 put. You can't put Paraduma under the microscope. It's not going to understand. It's not going to square out. And therefore, since we have a Tzivui to remember that, don't forget that everything is because the will of Hashem. It's not the garments that make you warm. Because Hashem says to the garment, warm him. And if Hashem will tell the garment, do not warm him, you could put on the biggest wool and you could put on the biggest uh, 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 cashmere and you'll still be cold. And, therefore, and if God says, 
let the vinegar light. It'll light, even though it says that'll happen. It'll never happen. That's everything. And that's the lesson of Parah. And that's what God does not want you to forget. And therefore, the source of Parah, do my reading, is Mara. Is Mara. So that would make it rabbinic. Uh, uh, the Raita. Raviyakov's not arguing on the that it's the Tosfot that says it's the Raita. He's just saying what's the source. The source. According to the Malbim, he says, Egel. And we understand the connection because it's coming to Mechapet for the Egel. And it's an indirect item. It's very nice. But Rav Yaakov is just saying, but that's not what the Basuk is talking about in Devarim. The Basuk is talking about something that happened at a different time. And he learns it's talking about the event of Mara. And the Pasuk says Mamnim. Right? The Pasuk says Mamnim, like Mara. I'll talk about it. Nice. They want to give a little little perpet. No, because otherwise, I have no problem. Where do you get it from? I have no problem. Anyway, that's that's a nice opening, I think, in Abotai. Now, in the remaining couple of minutes that we have for the Shi'ur, I'd like to present to you today's, uh, today's uh, main, uh, main event. <coughs> All right, Makatuf. Abotai, if you have a Hamash in front of you, you'll have an advantage because what I'm telling you now is a nuance. And it's a nuance that I, I never caught until this year. I've been reading Parashat for 50 years. Shnai Mikra, so we read this parasha over a hundred times, plus we have Shabbat para, so I mean 150 times, and I never even noticed something so blatantly strange or peculiar in the first couple of Mizukim. Adonai el Moshe Nemor. So God is speaking to who? To Moshe Laharon. And what does he tell them? Zot Hukata Torah. Asher Siva Adonai Lemor. This is the hukah of the Torah that Hashem has commanded. Continue. The Beril Bene Israel speak to the people. And what should you tell the people? And they should take Paraduma. Now, it sounds like that. The first part of the Pasuk was only given to Moshe and Aharon. When do you start broadcasting to the people? The Ben Ben Israel, what? That's already said to Moshe Aharon. When do you start broadcasting? The Ben Ben Israel, tell the people, If I was writing the Pasuk, I would have said, The Ben Israel, speak to the people and tell them. So to cut the Torah, as you see, Hashem Nemo. This which I told. It sounds like there's a, a extra. Yeah. There's something that was given to Moshe and Aaron. Separate. Separate. Yeah. Understand what's going on there? And then speak to the people. And when you should tell the people, like Paradumar. To me, when I read this pasuk, that sounds like there's two things. There was what God told Moshe and Aaron. Whatever he told them, and then he said, "Now speak to the people." And which of the people? Paraduma. Why is it like that? The Ramban asked this question. Shame on me that I didn't know this Ramban. And he says, therefore, you gotta cut and paste the pasuk. He calls that mikram misuras. Mikram misuras is you gotta chop it up so it makes sense. So, so read the pasuk as if it says, "By the Daber b'nei Yisrael zotu kadetora. Cut and pasted. Obviously, the Ramban 
when you have to come on to that, that means it's a strong question. And the only way he could get out of it is move the commas around, yeah, reconstruct. If you have to start reconstructing Pesukim, that means it's a strong question and we have no other way but to, you know, move the puzzle around a little. And this just shows you, once you have to come to that extent, it shows you it's a strong question. It's a nuanced question. It's a strong question. What else happens over here? What else happens over here is what does it mean, Elecha? Take for yourself. Take for yourself. What does that she say? Le'olam hi nekret al shemecha. Para she'asa Moshe ba'midbar. The para is going to be called after you. Parat Moshe. Elecha. That means, it's, it's, when it says para duma, registered trademark. There's an O-R. Parat Moshe. Nobody can come along and say it's para. This one, para. This is exclusive. Exclusive para. And the Gemara learns from here that every subsequent para aduma has to have in it a little of the ashes of the para of Moshe. That means the original para aduma you had. And they sprinkled, they did it. No, they had to save some. And this was to be used for a later date. And there was eight other paradumas after that. We're waiting for the tenth one. So in the subsequent eight paradumas, it says, just add water. But besides just add water, you got to mix some of the ashes of Moshe. I don't know why that's true. The ingredients of paradumma doesn't change. It's not that paradumma has different ingredients at different times. So I tell you what the ingredients are. Take ashes, take water, take ezov, take shnitola, take ezov. Uh, it's it, mix it up, and that's it. But now the Gemara is telling me, uh, in the subsequent ones, there's a secret ingredient, Coca-Cola. What's the secret ingredient? You gotta mix in some of the ashes. Why? Why? It's, a, it's the same process. You can't change the Torah all of a sudden and say, wait, the first paradoma is made this way, and the subsequent paradoma, like no one improved, no one improved, like the shampoo, no one improved. And those are no one improved the uh, paradoma. It's, it's, it's the same item. It's the same item over here. So, so what, what happens all of a sudden that in the subsequent paradoma you got to add? Uh, what, 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 what is it? What is it? It's uh, it's uh, nostalgic. Nostalgia, you know, old, old time is day. Uh, yeah, Moshe, bring him out and let him uh, hey, put some of the things in there just to say, oh, remember Moshe, everybody remember Moshe. That's not the reason. Well, so what's going on over here, as they say? Maybe the old one has the power. There's an answer. I have an answer. It's not the, there's an answer. So now, also, we have a following question. Who's the Kohen at this time? Who's the... Who's the ministering? Who's the queen at the time? No, who's the queen at the time? Answer the right answer. Aaron, still alive. Aaron's still alive. Year two also. Year two, by the way. Aaron doesn't die 38 years later. If I was giving the first paraduma, we have a Kohen Gadol. He's there. Let him do it. Let him do it. Especially we know Aaron already. When we boxed him out on other stuff, he got upset. Understand? 
when we boxed them out on the uh, on the nisiim, they didn't bring kumot. You got all upset. You didn't invite me, and I had to compensate them. And now we got a first para aduma. And what do they do? They skip right over him. And the Madhu says, Untatem ota el el azara kohen. And you will give the para to el azara kohen. And you don't see anywhere that Aaron comes along and says, Hey! I'm here. It's, you know, it's one thing you want to, you, you, you went to another tribe, here it's me, I'm a kohen. You gave it to my son. It's not like Aaron said, I'm not interested, but I don't get my hands red, I don't get my hands dirty from the ashes. I give it to Elazar, I'm busy. What's he busy doing? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do his vote. No, he doesn't ask for compensation or remuneration over here. He accepts it, you know, hands down. Why Elazar? Now, we gave reasons to this in previous years, but now we have a different reason based on the Nitzim. The Nitzim from Balazan says something, something amazing over here. The Nitzim comes along and he says, What did she tell us from Rabbi Moshe Haddarshan? What's the reason of Egil? What's the reason of Paraduma? Let the mother clean up the mess of the child. That he gave us a big insight into this Paraduma and he said, it's Kapara for the Egil. So says the Nitzir from Belajan. Which Para? was kapara for the Egil? The first one. The first one which came right after Heta Egil. The first one which was given in the second year after we ready we did Heta Egil. So that was needed to be kapir for the Chet. The subsequent para adumas was not necessarily kapara for Egil. That was for purification purposes. So therefore there's two same para aduma, but different purposes. The purpose of the first one was what? Kapara. kapara. We just did the Egil. Kapara. Once we got the Kapara, now we got other para adumas. Then it's just because of Kaistame needs to be ritually uh, purified. Based on this, says Hagam Nitzipa Malaj, and unbelievable. He says the Pasuk is coming along to say. In this generation, Para Aduma is talking to you specifically because of Kapara. That's something for the future. It's two different items. It's separated. There's a broadcast that God gave to Moshe. Daber El Moshe. And we're telling what? Zot Zot. This one over here is a shed, sort of, but don't tell that to the people. Because the people's para is the future. The people's para that's going to be for the future generations. It's got nothing to do with the one that I'm telling you about. There's a zotrukata Torah, which is a specific para, and then you got the General para, and then already go 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 to the people. Hazak u baruch. There's para number one, which has 
a purpose of kapara, and then there's para number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Add the Mashiach, and that's for purification purposes. Iman them? Second one seems like a bigger chok. Oh, so now, so now, so now we understand. We understand why a haron cannot involve himself in this first para aduma based on the rabbinical principle and katigor na'asa sanigor. Aaron was had his hands with the eagle. Aaron was the one that was involved. And then what? You're going to bring Aaron? Why can't Aaron wear gold when he goes reminder, into the... Reminder. Because it reminds me. So now you're going to do the paraduma, which is kaparan. You're going to bring Aaron? No, no, no. And that's why Aaron doesn't get offended. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not part of this one. Adraba, it's a benefit for Klai Yisrael that I don't get involved in the paradigma. Watch this. Hold it. Hold it over here. This is but not in the. This. So he says over here. He says over here. He says over here. Give it to Elazar. Adraba, it's to my advantage that you will give it to Elazar because since it's coming to Mechaper for the Heta Egel. If we have no, uh, we have no, uh, no, no reason to answer. I don't want to. I don't want to make it worse. If I bring the paraduma, it just might wake up a sleeping, uh, sleeping avon. That's why he should bring it. That's the opposite. I'm thinking, I'm asking. Maybe he should bring it. What do you, but what do you, what do you do with enkatigon asat sanigod? Oh, forget. I have no problem. I forgot your mishkebab. So we'll just delete. We'll delete this whole rabbinical concept of the Torah. What do you mean? I know you have a lot of influence, but you cannot delete rabbinical principles over here. You want to delete in katigona? I'm not saying don't make a tikkun, but the one that has hands in it cannot be one that made the tikkun. It cannot. You're making tikkun for Bnei Israel. You are the one that has hands in it. In katigona, sasanigor. I'm not saying he shouldn't make a tikkun for himself. Make a tikkun for yourself. But you're going to be the one that's going to get the kapara for Klai Yisrael. It's going to come through you. There's a rule in Katikon which is you're, you're coming to defend B'nai Yisrael. If you're coming to defend B'nai Yisrael, you're the prosecutor. You're not the, you're not the, you're not the, the defense. No one from the tribe of the Vizsa. So El Azad was not part of it. So oh, so now, watch, 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 So once, once, once we understand this, so now we understand uh, the inyan of the two elements of Paraduma. Now watch, the Gemara says, that even though we got the main Kapara Pecheta Egel at the time, 3,000 people died. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu grounded up the paran, sprinkled it on the people. I mean, there was definitely process that took place over there where, but it says that this sin was not totally atoned. Olam says that in every generation, there's going to be a little kapara for the for the egg. And the rabbis give him mashal. When God came along after he said, I'm going to destroy the entire people. He made a vow. Destroy the entire people. And then Moshe Rabbeinu prayed. Okay, it's very good to pray, but God already said, I'm destroying the whole people. So the Midrash says, no, Boreolam didn't go against his word. The Midrash gives a mashal to a king. The king comes along and says, he got angry at his son. 
He's, I'm taking this rock and I'm throwing it on the sun. Now the king's anger calmed down, subsided, but he made already a decree. And he told the advisor, if I don't follow my decrees, the people are going to think that I'm, uh, that I'm weak. So what do I do? I, but I don't want to kill my son. So the, the, the advisor said, break the rock into small little pebbles <laughs> and throw the... the <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say uh, one shot, you're going to throw the rock. You're throwing the rock. <laughs> What's the problem over there? And therefore, you'll fulfill your word and the kid will live. So Borei Olam says, but I promised to kill B'nai Israel." So Borei Olam says, who should have to throw the rock on them at one time? In every generation. I throw another pebble at them. And therefore, it'll be mechaper for... For the there's a, there's a little residual, there's a little remnant of Based on this, it's very good. That's why the Pasuz Mi'ikwelech, and every subsequent para Adumai, you got to put a little of the para of Moshe. Because since the para of Moshe has the element of Egel in it, and in the future generations we need Kapara, so that although primarily the future Parotawat for purification purposes, but it has a little remez of Egel, they would take a little ashes of Moshe and drop it in in order that we remember that it's also being the Kaper. But the first one is purely for that reason. The first one is a pure item. That's why the Torah separates the Bene Bnei for you. The Bene Bnei Israel, let them take a different. But even in theirs, Elecha. There has to be a little element of Moshe's in there as well, in order to be uh, mechaper. All right, the that will stop over here.